DJ Podcast, where we are becoming better DJs through passion and purpose. And now your host, David Michael. What's up, everybody? This is the Passionate DJ Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, David Michael. I'm sitting in the room with Tony and Trip. How you doing, fellas? Good. 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 What's Gosh. new? What's shaking? I get to open for ATB tomorrow. Hey. What? Hey, yeah. What? Yeah. ATB. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. Like 9 p.m. till I come, <laughs> ATB? Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah. I haven't seen ATB in years. I'm trying to think. I saw him in Cleveland, but it would have had to have been 2008, seven, something a, like there's that. There's um, a... From being at the last few shows that I was at um, in the festivals, the I don't know. It has to be a remix, but that whole line that nine that nine p.m. line yep, that yep, lead, yep. yeah, it's been in a few of few of the sets that I've heard oh, that. Um, and it's funny because I want to take videos all the time, and 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 just you have hey, we want some. <laughs> Pussy? <laughs> I didn't know if we could say that or not, but yeah, hey, whatever, you know. Um, the Zombie Nation, you remember the oh, Zombie yeah, Nation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the um, a lot of the anthems that we heard, you know, fifteen years ago, right, 20, right. 30 years ago. I mean, what uh, Bon Jovi living on a prayer, you know? And I'm sitting here looking in these crowds at these sixteen to twenty one year old kids, and they're just man going right along with it and i'm like man that is awesome you know yeah like how do they know those words oh right <laughs> right but um 9 p.m was uh is actually one of the it's been remixed and some of the new djs are playing i've it. heard a lot of like uh, even some of those kind of classic dance songs and like even old house tunes mm-hmm. that have made their way into pop music mm-hmm. right over the past couple years too and even like some that aren't super like they're they're not old enough to be classics, and they're not new enough to be brand new. Like Maya Jane Coles had mm-hmm. a song that was in a some rapper song, Gucci Mane or somebody. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Oh, wow. Somebody's gonna write in and correct me on who it was, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, it was a song from like no, it's Katy Perry. Yeah, that huh. Katy Perry song, that whatever her newest song with that had the video that everybody was making fun of with the kid doing the crazy oh, arm thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. It's it's interesting. Backpack how that stuff kid, is. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyhow, today we're talking about things that new DJs should know. So I posted on our Facebook page and I asked, what's something that you wish you knew when you started DJing? Matt Martin says, putting in the work to dig for tracks pays off at the end. And ignoring other distractions this, the scene has to offer, as well as toxic people that can bring you down with them. Hmm. Uh, my friend Nikolai Erasmus, he's a friend from Finland. Uh, thanks for writing in, Nick. He says... That trawling through endless piles of crap music to find the gems you need can be extremely tedious. Especially now. Like, I can remember going through stacks of records at a record store, and like, now I will go through pages and pages mm. and pages on of music on, yeah. on, you know, through digital MP3 sites. And so you're man. even more picky now that it, even oh, it yeah. costs like way, way, way less. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matthew Salinas says uh, the thing he wishes he knew when he started DJing was that it, getting addicted to collecting records is a for real thing. <laughs> nice. Uh, speaking of addicted to records, Jack Sheets says <laughs> it's about connections. And actually, what he posted was uh, <laughs> it was a meme from, have you guys seen the 40-year-old virgin? Yeah. 
that Indian guy where he says, it's about connection. <laughs> it's not about, and then he starts saying all right, that dirty stuff. Right. But the uh, point being that, you know, the nurture your network kind of thing. Absolutely. And, um, John Crow says he wishes he knew how to use the Q buttons. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that would get in the way if you didn't know how to do that. Uh, Liviu Dinu, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, wishes that he knew that laptops are for pussies. <laughs> so since you already said the word, I guess I'm allowed to. <laughs> We'll just leave that one alone. Yeah. Uh, Tom O'Shell, uh, shout out to Tom. What's He's a local up, O'Shell? Um, he said dynamics. Now I asked him to elaborate on that. You know, what he meant, you know, what do you actually wish that you knew? You know, are you talking about dynamics in an individual track or, uh, you know, gain control right, kind right. of thing? And it was about track selection. I think was what he was okay. getting at, like playing songs that have dynamic range right <laughs> that's not all just brick wall of sound all the time sure, and, sure. you know which i thought was a pretty cool answer um dean hokianga i think says don't take drunk people's comments to heart amen to that and then uh our other friend matt adams shout out uh he's goes by the takeover project he says practice 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 man truer words never spoken so I passed this one off to you, Mr. Turlington, and said, hey, come up with some uh, things that DJs should know, and you ran with it. Yeah. So um, you've come up with 13 different things yeah. or so. Yeah, 13. Can that, I come up with one before you say anything? Because sure. I thought this was the funniest thing when I was gone all last week, is our monitor world guy. He, on a long piece of gaff tape that he put right in front, it was the same thing that Tom Reed said. Red lights are for hookers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was great. It was great. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that ironically, like, that is probably one of the, like, top things that any new DJ should know. So this should probably be 14 things. Yeah. Red, <laughs> okay. Red 14 light. things. That <laughs> Rule number one, red lights are for hookers. <laughs> so you've kind of broken these out into a couple different categories. We've got some yeah. technical points, some social points, and then some philosophical ones. Yeah. So, I, f I felt it was, uh, I wanted to come up with a list of things that were kind of rounded in, in all of those areas, because if you focus too much on technical, then, you know, there's, there's some social aspects and then there's some philosophical aspects to, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be too heavy handed in any one thing. So it just kind of helped me to kind of break it, break those things up and come up with a, a, uh, an even-ish number of points sure. for each one. Yeah. So what section do you want to start in? You want to talk about uh, the tech stuff? Or? Yeah, the technical is probably the easiest and most straightforward, honestly. So, okay. yeah, let's let's do that. Okay, so what what's our first point? What's the one of the first things that any new DJ should know? The fundamentals are worth it. Mm. Now... With this one, we could be treading into back into viral controversy territory, right? Like, um, so we're talking technical skill. Yeah, stuff. yeah. You know, one of the, one of the most popular viral articles uh, that ever came out of Passionate DJ is the the one about why DJs should know how to beat match by ear, hmm. and you know, so that's kind of what this point is coming back around to, like. As, as our hardware and software gets smarter, there's also more points of possible failure, right? And at, at the core, DJing is mixing and beat matching. I mean, 
at its core, right? I mean, we're we're taking audio sources and we're mixing these things together. And if you've got beats on either side, it will probably sound better if they are lined up, (laughs) you know, and a sync button will take you all the way, you know, as long as everything is lined up correctly and everything is working right. But what happens when it doesn't, you know, so are you going to be the, you know, the train conductor (laughs) or, you know, are you going to know how to recover from that? Um, And, and while that in and of itself is a controversial topic, but at the same time, you know, over the last 10 years or so, I've, I've noticed that there's a lot of new DJs that pay almost zero attention to the EQ. Like, you know, Tony talked about in our last episode where, you know, sometimes there's people up there that are, you know, just taking faders and just mm. moving them up and down and just kind of segueing from one thing to another and calling that mixing. And it's, and it's not like, it I mean, it, me. it like, is, but I mean, it's not good mixing, right? Like, I mean, that's, there's an EQ there for a reason. Use it. <laughs> that, that kills me. Cause that's, that's like amongst my favorite things to be doing up right, there is, right. is just making little EQ tweaks and little fader adjustments and, yep little filter adjustments and getting all that stuff to wedge in to where it sounds like cohesive, you know? So going back to the beat matching thing, like for me, I'm not saying that everybody should run out and buy turntables and know how to do all of this, you know, by, by ear, by hand, all of that stuff. Like what it boils down to is just know, know about it at the very least, Mm. you know, like know what the sync button is doing for you so that, you know, you, you can at least intelligently speak to it. And, or if, if you're so inclined, know how to do it when everything is going, when everything goes haywire. I feel like you get so much knowledge that isn't directly taught right when you beat match manually Mm -hmm. you know and once you get that and it starts to click and you learn how to make micro adjustments on with no help right you know what i mean there's there's some kind of perspective that you get on that music that you just you wouldn't otherwise get Right. from the sync button. You right. Know. And, and, you know, I mean, the sync button is there. If you're so inclined, if that's your style, if that's, you know, if that frees you up and, and allows you to do all of these other cool things, then great. I'm not going to sit here and bash a sync button. Is it for me? No. But, you know, for everybody else that that is your thing, cool, do it. But what I'm saying is, is that by knowing your fundamentals and knowing what the software or that hardware is doing, in lieu of you doing it, mm-hmm. you know, is nothing but value in the end. You know, fundamentals are huge on any anything. Smokey said it best on Friday when he handed Craig the joint and Craig hit the joint and started coughing. He said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You got to crawl before you walk." <laughs> <laughs> okay, like that's. Uh, f- I guess fundamentals of pot smoking. I guess, but that's that's beside the point. But I mean, you can compare it to that. You know, you, you, right. I can compare it to me being a gymnast for 15 years. I didn't just step on the floor and do a double back. Right. You know, I learned a backward roll, the fundamentals of, of gymnastics. And then sure. I started taking steps up. I mean, DJing, you know, same thing. And, like, and the, the problem, fundamentals, man. And the problem that we run into with that is that, you know, there's so much gear out there that just does that for you now and it's not cost prohibitive it's actually you know now it's it's standard option you know right and nor 
do the upcoming or the the kids that are just learning to DJ or the people that are just learning to DJ, they don't understand what these things are doing for them. Just like you said about the sync button. You know, I sat down with a girl about a month ago and I've had, you know, I've sat down with her two or three times now and I've walked her through things and I, I I taught her just like she was a third grader, you know, and we were talking about our controller and she said, well, isn't this the mixer and isn't this, this and this and this. And I'm like, well, stop. Stop right, right now, right. you know, and then I, I kind of took her back and I slowly taught her a little bit of the fundamentals of it to where she can understand. Right. You know, because when she, I say this, it means that. Yeah, right. because she didn't, you know, and and they don't. They see these new software. They see these controllers like and they don't know what these things are doing for them. Right. Yeah. What happens when when the training wheels come off? I mean, I don't mean that the way it sounds, but sure. You know, there there are a lot of opportunities for, and I mean, we're only we're focusing on beat matching. I don't think that's the entire point you're making here, right, but right. Um, th- there are a lot of opportunities that are opened up when you just know how to do that stuff. Um, even when it comes to transitioning between DJs mm-hmm. or using gear you're not familiar with, or you know whatever something fails, um, you didn't prep a track properly. Um, your CDJ firmware was the wrong version. It loses all your cue points, for <laughs> right, example. Timing right. of your mix. Right. Just because the kick is with a kick doesn't mean it's on time. Right, that's right. right. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, we and we can argue the whole beat matching thing till the cows come home. We have argued the beat matching thing till the cows have come home. But, you Both know, sides of it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and honestly, like the the mixing style is is also another big point out of that is that you know it's important to have one you know different DJs different genres everybody's got a little bit of a different take on different styles so how would you describe your mixing style um micro edits um with the occasional uh drop uh, like uh uh EQ drops so the majority of my mixes, I, um, I, I'm, I'm generally, I, I generally keep my EQ at 12 o'clock unless I'm hearing something in the house sound that requires me to make some other kind mm. of an adjustment. When I'm bringing in a new track, I usually have the bass all the way down or, you know, maybe turned up a little bit. Um, just kind of depends on the track, depends on how things are going. And I've usually got, uh, the mids and highs scaled back to about 10 o'clock, you know, that way, as I'm bringing something in, nothing is going to be overpowering. It's going to be a little bit more of a, of a, of a blended mix. Subtle. Yeah. Very subtle coming in because I don't want that. I don't, I I don't mind you knowing that something else is coming in, but I just don't want it to be so obvious. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I want it to feel more seamless, yeah. you know, like it was meant to be there. Mm-hmm. And then I spend that next 30 seconds to two minutes, depending on the mix, uh, fiddling, you know, <laughs> if that's a technical term that we can use <laughs> here, you know, making the micro edits every four to eight bars. And if I turn down, the mids on one, then I turn up the mids on the other until I'm mm. crossing over okay. a threshold. Now, so you're you're kind of effectively s- slicing in pieces. Or slicing is probably not the right word, but crossing 
crossing over pieces of each individual track into the foreground. Right. Because then at some point, you know, the, both of the EQs are going to be crossing over each other. And then, you know, that's like one track handing the baton to the next one and saying, Mm -hmm. here you go. Now it's yours. The floor is yours. (laughs) You know, um, now I will do, especially like when I'm doing techno, then I've got a couple of other like little tricks that I love to do. And it's the whole, like, you know, EQ kill, you know, the, 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 when you, when you drop out all of the bass and you play with your mids and highs, right? Mm. And if you've got two, some, if you've got two tracks and a loop or four tracks or whatever, if, if everything is gone out of the low end, you can really mess with people's heads especially if you're messing with DJs who know the tracks that you're playing, because once they all start to hear those layers and if you're, you know, stacking these layers up and playing with the EQ, right, you can actually throw a couple of effects in there too and really start playing with those layers. And then as you start to peel a couple of them back and then you pick the one that you want to come back and you Oh, as soon as you drop that bass and then the whole room is just, you know, after two minutes of no bass yeah, yeah. and you come back and you're hitting people like in the See, rib we cage. like the drop too. Right, right, right. <laughs> we create our own drops. We create our own drops. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, it's, like. Um, it's not just two songs mixing. It's it's mixing the two songs and the frequencies within each song. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, so, I mean, but you can't do all of that with every with every genre, you know? So like when you're playing with like dubstep and trap and stuff like that, like, you know, you, you've oftentimes you've only got 20 or 30 seconds to, to, to mix with, but there should still be some kind of a flair or a style or some attempt (laughs) to make it sound like you're, you're blending that together Mm -hmm. rather than just everything full Full volume and you know ram never, it through. I'd never really sat down and played any type of trap or dubstep, but I had a folder of about forty songs, and I was like, "Well, let me see what I can do real quick with these," you know. So as I was mixing them, I would find a part within that trap song or that dubstep song that had next to nothing other than a kick and a snare right. or like a four count with next to nothing in it, yep. and I would find it and I would loop it real quick, right. and then I would keep that going as I was mixing. And then I would start doing, you know, just like we do with techno, you know, right. just sl- right. slowly bringing things out and back in. You know, it's and that, brought your own flavor to it. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 a common mistake for for new DJs, especially because all of the newer producers in the last, you know, seven, eight, nine years is that, you know, came through with the whole dubstep revolution. Right. Like all of them, like it's like none of them could conceptualize a proper intro or outro, right? (laughs) So it it left us to, you know, our creative devices where, like, I should have bought stock in SoundForge Mm. because, like, (laughs) with as much as I used it, you know, back in the day where I would, when I bought a track, that's the first thing I did is I would actually take it and then do my own edit where I would find those spots and then give myself, you know, a good minute of intro and a good minute and outro, mm-hmm. you know, based on what I could find. Made it your track. own Ultimix. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, and then load that back into Serato. Um, nowadays, you know, with, with loop functionality and, and, and uh, Serato's got a product called, called flip and stuff like that. Like you can do a bunch of those kinds of cool edits without having to ever touch the actual file. But, um, you know, so just because, 
this is the beginning of the song and this is the end of the song does not mean that like that's what you can only mix with. Right. You know? So for new DJs, you know, have have a little bit of a think outside of the box a little bit and find those uh, entry and, and exit points that may or may not be at the beginning or the end of the song. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Going on to the next point, uh, experience leads to confidence, right? Mm. It, it's inevitable. We're, we're all going to come across gear that we're not comfortable with, that we don't have in our bedrooms or in our studios or, you know, that, that is our regular gear. So for new DJs, my, I, I can't put enough importance on this, that not only learn and, and master your tools, but get exposed to as much other equipment as you can, because there, there's a, there's a particular ergonomic to, all of the gear, right? Like all of it, like follows at least some loose pattern (laughs) so that any DJ should be able to walk up and be like, Oh, there's the EQ. Here's the mixing, you know, sliders and faders. And, uh, here's some platters, you know, like there's, there's exceptions to those. Right. But for the most part, like, you can figure it out, but it's intimidating yeah. for the new DJ who went out and bought their first controller or their first gear, and they're just trying to learn their gear. <laughs> yeah, they've been using a VCI 100 since 2007 and <laughs> refused to move on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. right, right. So, um, you know, getting exposed, and whether that's just going to a friend's house or reading about it online, watching product, you know, uh, product reviews on YouTube, stuff like that, like just just having some kind of frame of reference, get get exposed to those things. You know, I the thing is, once you've done that, uh, you know, once you've broken out of your own little personal world there and tried a couple different things, it becomes fun. Yeah. For me, it does. Absolutely. I, I, the first thing I do if I walk into a room and I see new gear, I'm like, oh, can I try that? <laughs> like, I, I want to see what's different about right. it. I want to try right. your virtual DJ software. I've never used that. I yeah. want to use your, you know, bluckety bluck mixer or whatever it is. Right, right. Because it's, like you said, the fundamentals are there. But there's going to be quirks. There's going to be things you need to adjust to. Mm-hmm. You know, like certain mixers don't have the same fun- cue functionality or they don't do routing of sound the same way and right. auxiliary sends. And like, obviously, I have, you know, we all have extra incentive to want to play with all this stuff because of the show. But oh, sure. before the show, I thought that was fun, yeah. you know, to yeah. go and try new things. And I, I think people would be pleasantly surprised if they get over it Absolutely. just go try some stuff yeah, yeah yeah i mean especially like like i said once you have mastered or at least become super familiar with your own rig your own setup yeah just being able to put the put the dots together like yeah. oh so on this gemini mixer that matches up to this on a pioneer mixer and and over here on a rain mixer yeah. and, you know and, and even between the different models of each brand and stuff like that so for and sure and then you might find things that you like you know that you discover things that you like that you didn't know you were missing right. or things that you don't like about your current setup you know which leads to its own problems of spending <laughs> you know but <laughs> Oh, I was fine until I tried this thing. Now, <laughs> now my mixer sucks. <laughs> so let's let's use that as the segue to the next point. Okay. <laughs> so conversely to that, um, pro gear is not necessary, mm. right? Like, I mean, now don't get me wrong. Like, 
I'm a Pioneer fan boy. Like, I love Pioneer gear. I, I mean, and there's a lot of people out there that hate Pioneer gear, but it's in it's undisputable, at least right now it is, <laughs> that, you know, they are, you know, the industry standard for, you know, most of your top level clubs and festivals and, and uh, shows and things like that. You know, the, the CDJ, um, the CDJ 2000 Nexus two, the CD or the DJM 900 Nexus two, like those, the, I mean, those are ubiquitous, right? They're everywhere. Yeah. Um, so, but do you need to have that in order to be a pro DJ? No, like right. you can go out and you can spend the six, nine, 12, $24,000 on, you know, a whole Nexus two setup with four CDJs or the tour one or whatever it is, but a pro DJ that makes, that does not make you, you know? Right. So like, um, but throwing it back to the previous point, getting exposure to that kind of gear that works in that way right. kind of covers the bases. So like, sure. you know, I've talked before, I, I went ahead and bought a, a set of XDJ 1000s, you mm-hmm. know, the first revision, and a DJM 850. That stuff was pricey, but it it wasn't Pioneer Nexus pricey. Right, right. And it that got me in the door enough to be like, I want to be more familiar with this stuff when I'm not playing tractor because I right. was running into a lot of gigs where I it was just easier to bring a thumb drive. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and I like that. Oh yeah, it's, it's getting even more and more easy to do that. Yeah, too. yeah. And so, and, and the way that I went is not the cheapest way to go and still have a full record box type experience, right. you know? And right. so you start to look around and try these different things out and you go, oh, okay, the, you know, whichever controller or setup that I have or, you know, XDJ 700s or whatever, mm-hmm. this is close enough to the club standard to where I understand what I'm doing when I get up there. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there's a million ways to skin a cat, but they all skin the cat. Yeah, right, absolutely. Right. You've got sound sources that you're trying to mix together. You don't have to have the full function feature set to to be able to pull that off. So as you master whatever it is that you have and then figure out, you know, through exposure to other things, the things that you do want, you know, the pro the pro of the pro gear, like the pro gear's pro gear, you know, like <laughs> All of that stuff is loaded with every single possible option and half of it you may never, ever touch. So if you can save half the money and get, you know, the the lower modeled gear and even get it used, save yourself the money, but get the functionality that best supports yeah. you and what it is that you're trying to accomplish. There's stuff like platter tension adjust is a good example. <laughs> right. Like if you have a a set for home use, you're going to set that and forget it. Right. Or, you know, so that's probably not a killer feature that you're going to step up to that level of CDJ just to to have that feature. Right. You're probably just going to get a lesser CDJ and get used to the jog wheel tension. Exactly. Exactly. So that's not a killer. But there might be some other killer feature that you do need or do want to be familiar with. And so, you know, obviously you have to weigh that. Right. You know, when it comes to uh, getting your wallet out. (laughs) <laughs> for our next point uh I'm, I'm really sad that mo's not here because he loves to prompt you for this one <laughs> just protect yourself this is protect yourself <laughs> go for it <laughs> so protect yourself always use a contract <laughs> so uh 
you know, if, I, I, we've we've talked about this at length in previous episodes, and I, I, I'm not. I'm not a staunch contract DJ. So like, I don't, I don't, I don't use one all the time. I've got one that I kind of, you know, print out and, or, you know, send off if I have to have it. But even though I, I don't use contracts all the time, it may not even be necessary for most new DJs, right? Like, you know, most new DJs don't really have a whole lot of leverage in saying, you know, here's my contract, here's what you owe me, here's what I think, you know, so, you know, there's, there's, there comes a time in every DJ's career where you say, okay, I've reached a certain level. Um, and I know that what my value is based on market, based on other DJs, based on the show that I'm playing and, uh, based on my relationship with said promoter or whatever. And, and, and though uh, there will come that time where you need to, uh, start considering, should I have a contract? Do I need to make a contract? And if you're asking yourself at that point, then the answer is probably yes. Now, you're, I, I assume you're coming at that from the perspective of the type of DJing that we do. Correct. So if we're talking like if you run a DJ business, business. if you're doing the mobile thing, right. this becomes a little more important. Absolutely, because the when you're when you're doing it as a business mobile dj wedding dj that sort of thing that's the way you protect yourself and yeah. keep yourself paid and, and not have <laughs> right exactly yeah um so you know depending on what side of the fence you're on there you know there there will become a time where it is important and you should have it and then there's a time where you should have this from the very beginning mm. absolutely i wish i was better about that about the contract thing like even for the mobile gigs that I've done, like I've I've played for universities and mm-hmm. I don't really do weddings, but I've played similar events, I guess. It's just that kind of typical mobile gig where I got paid for it and I brought sound and set it up and, and have not used a contract. And I've not really gotten burned by that, but I know I'm gonna. Right. You know, two, all of my friends who have done that have gotten burned in some way. Uh, I mean, I've, I've definitely been burned by the, by not having contract and some, and a couple of times it's been with, with friends, you know, and mm. at that point, you know, okay, fine. It was for a friend. So I'm just going to eat it, you know, right. and, and save the friendship and just know that if I ever do something for them again, then they're going to need to sign a contract or I just won't do it, you know, right. You know, to, to avoid it altogether. But, um, you know, it protects you. It protects your your client or customer or promoter. It 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 really is just the 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 best way to go around, for sure. Okay, so that covers the the technical points that you wanted to make, um, but you had some social points. So we're gonna move on to that. But the the technical technical points were uh, the fundamentals are worth it. Mm-hmm. Experience leads to confidence. Right. So we're talking about being you know exposure to gear and that sort of thing. Uh, pro gear is not necessary. And then uh, using a contract. Right. So I just wanted to summarize those real quick. So what are the social points that uh, all new DJs should know? So be versatile, but, but be focused. When, when you're a new DJ, it's really easy to just kind of not know what, what you want to do, right? There's, there's the possibility that you like 18 different genres of music, and there might be four or five different like primary scenes in your area. Well, rather than trying to be the jack of all trades and master of none, 
try to find where your passion is. Mm. Find out where where you are where your where you are most fulfilled, and try to focus on that. Master that, um, because you, no matter what, it's not written in stone, right? Like you can right. start off. I mean, I started off as a house DJ, and then moved to booty house, and then moved to progressive house, and then moved to trance, and then moved to techno and tech house, and you know, and then a little bit of I went through an electro house phase, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, and then and then and then and then and then, and here here I am you know, 20 years later and I play drum and bass and glitch hop and, you know, all, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, so nothing is set in stone, but there's logical progressions in all of that. Right. Like I didn't just Mm. start playing everything from day one, you know? So when you, when you insert yourself into a scene and say, I am going to be a DJ in this scene and you focus on that and you focus on the music and you focus on that scene and you focus on those people and, and all of that, then that shows that you are inserting yourself with passion, with intent into that scene. If you are over here and you're playing drum and bass at a drum and bass show, hip hop at a hip hop show, tech house at a tech house show, all from the very beginning, you know, then it kind of makes you look wishy-washy and you're just kind of chasing trends. Well, you're not really taking the time to, I don't want to say perfect, but to, you're not taking the time to learn any one particular thing or sound or, or to get good at any of that. Right. Which I think is important because I, I think you should, if I can add to this a little bit, I think you should, as a new DJ, you should explore a little bit, you know, so you shouldn't be like, I'm going to play 125 BPM tech house. And that's my style. Absolutely. We're, that's, I don't think that's the point that's being made here. I mean, if that's what you want to do, then fine. But <laughs> Sure. <laughs> but it, at the same time, it's like, okay, sure, go explore, because you're going to learn by Absolutely. trying other new things. But that doesn't mean don't have any focus. And I th- you know, your point to playing drum and bass and hip-hop and trance and everything on day one and not having any kind of focus is just kind of like, okay, maybe you're probably learning some skills doing that right. on how to mix all that stuff together <laughs> with each other or whatever. Right. Right. But you're not, I, I it feels like you're, you wouldn't be giving the music it's due. Or, sure. Uh, or even the scene, like whatever right. scene you're in, like, you know, take, take, you know, like hip hop and drum and bass and techno like these are these aren't just genres of music these are scenes you know and very dedicated scenes at that you know so if if you're just you know gallivanting between these very hardcore scenes you know and you're not and you're new to it all right like i mean here all of us sitting here, you know, we've, we've got, you know, a substantial amount of time in and we've done our progression. So I, I could throw any genre of records on, on the decks right now. And all three of us could competently play any of them. Right. But, and, you know, I can play any show as either trip Turlington or digital psychosis or whatever. And, and, competently play any of those shows under whatever moniker and play that genre to that crowd. But I didn't start off that way. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, the, I, I took the time to get into each one of those scenes right. 
learn the people, learn the music, learn the attitude, learn the culture. And then everything that I learned from that also helped me when I shifted to something else because I didn't just shift. It's not like I just said, ah, I'm tired of techno. I'm just going to go do this. Right. Like, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, it, it's more complicated than that. And just being able to mix for any one of those crowds, that's something that comes with time and practice and exposure, but just trying to just jump all in there and, yeah. and do all of that. Each it, genre is mixed a little differently too. I figure. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. There, yeah. there's tricks and trades of all of them. Right. So, yeah. Like you won't, you, you typically don't fader freak with trance music. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I mean, no, it, you know, little crab scratch with your arm in Van Buren. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> 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 so kind of along that same line on the next point is, you know, nurturing your network because it's incredibly hard to do that with a bunch of different scenes, right? So like whatever, whatever scene that you have decided to insert yourself into and that you are going to dedicate, you know, and commit, uh, do some, whatever scene you are committing yourself to for, you know, any number or for any amount of time, what, what you need to do is start establishing that network and that network includes the people who attend the shows, of course, you know, mm. so they, the, you know, those people need to hear your music. They need to know who you are. They need to be able to start talking about you, but then you also need to know who your influencers are. So, you know, that's promoters, that's club owners, that's bartenders and mm. bouncers and, you know, whoever else. All those industry people. Right. Like, and, and everybody's got a different angle, you know, because, you know, not any one method or any one conversation. You can't like have a canned conversation with every single one of those people and expect it to work, right? Like yeah. people are a lot more complicated than that. So being able to read people, know what their angle is, know what works for them as far as, um, as far as what you're trying to accomplish something, you're trying to get them to help you, but you know, what are they looking for? What are they looking for and how can you help them? Yeah, and I think too when it comes to this nurture your nurture your network point, I, I think when people get hung up on this because when people say things like that, they think that it means keep talking to people until you find the right one that rockets you to the moon, and that's right. not what it is. No, no. It's nurturing your. It, it's working with all these people one on one directly over the span of years sometimes. Right. You know what I mean? It's building a that's what a network is. It's not yep. finding the the golden ticket. Right, right. Said, oh, I finally found the the person that discovered me or or whatever. Ooh, right, you know, it's right. you got to have 20 people that you've kind of formed a loose team with over 5 years or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. And um and and that network should always be ever growing and um and mutually beneficial absolutely yeah right like it's not just what can you get out of them but what can you do for them um and and what can you put back into that scene you know what are you doing that's positive and and who sees you doing that um it, all of that just it, it the 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 term nurture your network it just it just kind of 
succinctly wraps yeah, all of it up. It, yeah. yeah. Like it just, you know, because without your network, you, you will never leave your bedroom. <laughs> you know? Like, right. yeah. Um, speaking of never leaving your bedroom, we are not just, and I'm using the word just in air quotes here, but we are not just DJs anymore. Mm, yeah, we like, wear a lot of hats. Oh yeah, and and even more so today, especially as the internet like completely freaking blew up, right? Like you know, just all of the things that we do now. Like there's some people who are their own graphic designers, they are their own PR, they are their own accounting firm, right. you know, travel agent, and all like just all of these things that all that all go into being a DJ. It's more than just spinning records. Now. Which are all specialized fields in their own right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, right? Like one the, person's trying to do all of them. Right. Like Tony talked about in the last episode where, you know, some of these headlining people, they've got teams of, you know, 10, 12, maybe more that are all, you know, each person has a, a different role. There's a tour manager. There's these road techs. There's, you know, all of these different people that go into making the business that is that headlining DJ. And unless you're at that level and can afford to pay 10, 12 people to do all those jobs for you, you're the one doing it. So unfortunately, like you have to master at least some of those things because without all of those things getting done, you don't really get anywhere anymore. Tony, uh, your company, Three Dimensional Entertainment, you and Billy, uh, you throw some of the you know the big premiere events here in Dayton. I, I assume that your your well, I I don't assume I know that your your network is critical to this because mm-hmm. I've seen how that works. I mean, you know, it's funny that what Trip just said because Billy and I just had a conversation last night and he came over to the house and we talked and you know we're we're at this point where we want to take 10 steps forward, Mm. you know, and in order to do that, you have to have a serious round table of people, Mm. you know, and right now you have outside of like you guys that help us, you know, if, if we need help during show or spare time, you know, we reach out to each other and say, Hey, you know, can you help me out with this or whatever, whatever. Right. But realistically, everything that's done three dimensional is Billy and myself. Yeah. And it's like, we're learning as we go. You know, we know how to throw a show, but you know, Billy is learning Facebook ads and marketing, but he's no, he's no professional at it. You know, right. we can throw 50, 50 bucks behind a sponsored ad and, you know, maybe have Chris Kaus make a graphic or Matt Freeman make a graphic or something like that, you know, but, um, there's just so much to it. It's, it's only just him and I. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that, that network really comes into play with, yeah. with the bigger shows because you have, I mean, let's just rattle off a couple of things. You have people help launch the event mm-hmm. online. You mm-hmm. have the graphic designers that mm-hmm. do your flyers and stuff. You've got people that work uh, security and mm-hmm. uh, all that, like the at show stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And the door. And well, sometimes the door is the venue, but. Right. Um, and what am I missing? You've got um, um, uh, let's see, people that that drive that pick the artists up. If if there's stuff that's needed for the artist green room, you know, Mo, for example, last couple of shows. Hey, do you need anything last minute? Yeah, a matter of fact, here's a here's a list of all the stuff that I need for this uh, 
to be in the green room for the artist, you know, and yeah. Mo's working security for us in our VIP section. So he shows up with two grocery bags full of, <laughs> you know, M&Ms and chips and not M&Ms really, yeah. but, you know, I just don't know. Right. But, you know, all the stuff that the artist needed yeah. for their, for their green room. And, and that's you know, all stuff that two people just can't do no, at, right. at that scale. It's, it's impossible. All. Not at all. Especially if you need to be there for your event, yeah. you know? So yeah, it takes a lot of people, you know, and it's, it's, if, you run a business, you know, a, a brick and mortar business. It's not just you, you know, you have a manager, you have an employee, you have just a bunch of different people that make that, Accountant that and, yeah, yeah, to make that business <laughs> right. run, you know, and a DJ is a business. Right. You know, anyway, you look at it, whether it's your mobile DJ, if you're a headliner, if you're mid tier, if you're a bedroom DJ, you know, wanting to get to those places, just like Trip said, man, there's, wear many different hats to make you know to make that engine run and we're we're in the the gig economy now that they they call it in general so this is something that has you know it's not limited to djing but it really you really see it in Mm -hmm. this field for sure right right so to wrap up our philosophical points i want to end on this note you'll catch more flies with honey rather than vinegar my wife loves that phrase <laughs> I hate that phrase. <laughs> he, threw, um, he did me a solid and threw that one in. <laughs> but um, uh, I think I paraphrase this one as just don't be a dick, right? Right. Like, <laughs> that also works. <laughs> right. Like, it, because it's inevitable, right? Something at some point, somewhere, at some gig, something's going to go horribly wrong. Like we've all got, you know, a list of bad gigs that just to this day still haunt us. Right. And, you know, especially for myself, not having really had the mentorship of passionate DJ, (laughs) you know, back then, you know, a lot of us have learned a lot of these things trial by fire. Right. So you know, I used to be a hothead. I used to be full of myself. I used to think, you know, that like, you know, I just, I, I was, I was a total hothead. I would totally blow up on somebody when something went wrong, whether I was in the wrong or not, you know, and, yeah. you know, so I, I learned a lot through being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the, the, one of the most important things there is, is to have some couth and, and understand the value of professionalism, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a time and a place to address unprofessionalism or to address things that go horribly wrong. Um, but it's not necessarily right then and there at the show, on the stage, in front of God and everybody, right? Yeah. So... Or um, even publicly at all in some cases. Right. You, you don't often hear, man, did you did you see Tony last night? He was such a professional. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I might, you and I might say that to each other, right? Because right? we're in the know or whatever, but right. that's not what's going to blow up on Facebook. It's going to be, did you see Tony get into a fist fight with mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah the other night? You know, you know that stuff has staying power. And right. That's not what you want people to remember you for, because nobody's going to want to work with that person. Exactly, exactly. And and word travels fast, and even faster, and and faster still, especially when it's negative. You know, is, but by maintaining a certain level of professionalism, 
um, and and respect for yourself and for everybody else involved in an event, then that at least leaves the door open to make those for everybody to either make the amends or receive the amends. Um, you know, there's, there's always going to be people out there who are going to try to ruin things or, or ruin things for you or that, you know, there's even going to be things, you know, people out there that you're going to have issues with and they're not going to be reconcilable. Right. Like, so uh, taking that into account, but by being the professional one and taking the high road and doing your best to, you know, just keep things at that level. I have, I have learned the hard way that that is always the better way because, you know, that leads to getting gigs again, or at least being able to, you know, have people speak on your, speak well on your behalf. And you have to go into that knowing that, that, that you're playing the long game by doing that. Right. It's not you're not going to get all the credit that you will deserve right. for handling it that way. The Absolutely. right people will want to work with you though. But if yeah, you handle time, it the right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over time there's a net positive. It's so it's not like you're going to get that immediate, like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Dopamine release that you might get from punching somebody in the <laughs> nose. Right. But right. <laughs> that is very true because I'm telling you, like as somebody who is, who, who, you know, I was a, a, a hothead there for a while. You know, it, I was I was pretty full of myself. I was way too confident in and 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 my ability as a DJ and my placement within the scene. And you know, I let that I I let that get to me. You know, a, a little too much for uh, for a duration. And and I learned some very serious humbling lessons out of that for sure. For sure. So you catch more flies with honey than vinegar, or don't be a dick, or <laughs> it's nice to be nice. However you want to think about it, right. it all works. Absolutely. <laughs> so to recap uh, our, our social points, be versatile but focused. Nurture your network. We're not just DJs anymore, and you'll catch more flies with honey than vinegar. So that brings us up to philosophical. Mm. So this one... Uh, you know, it's kind of those overarching themes that really kind of dig into why, you know, why, why are we DJs? Why do we want to be DJs and, and, and kind of getting into, um, how, how to, how to nurture self, not just network. Okay. So, um, know your why, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why are you doing this? Like, why do you want to be a DJ? And for new DJs, especially it's because they see the dead mouse. They see the marshmallow. They see, you know, all of these, you know, bigger guys that are up there and they are paid millions of dollars and they're, you know, just, you know, hundreds of thousands of fans everywhere and they're traveling all over the place and you know, they're living the rock star life, right? Stars in their eyes. Absolutely. And it's so easy to get caught up in that and to want that because when you see it, Ooh, yeah, that's cool. And I can do what they do. You know, I've got, I've got some gear. I can mix songs together. I can do that. Like, you know, and, and that, that is one of its, that that's what draws a lot of people in. Right. But then there are also those people that are, 
uh, that are truly passionate. They, they, they love a particular style of music. There's a bunch of DJs that I, I know for a fact they, there's some of them that listen to our show. They've never, ever played out. They don't ever want to play out, but yep. they've got gear at home and they like to play music because they love that music and they love the art and 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 act of DJ. Yeah, I've known plenty of people who just, they like putting together mixes for their own consumption. Right. So I want to hear all the songs the way I want to hear them in this order and mixed in this way, and so I got good at doing it, and now I listen to them. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Hey, more power to you. That sounds Absolutely. awesome. <laughs> so it's it's important to know what your why is. Yeah. There, There's no wrong reason. You know, there might be some that, uh, some reasons that people will criticize more than others. Right. But, um, but your reason but be is you're honest wrong. about it, but exactly yeah. be honest about it because as long as you're being honest with yourself, then you're being transparent with everybody else too. And it's one thing to, you know, come across somebody and to talk a good game, but when your actions don't match up with your philosophy or your, your words, then, that creates tensions with mm. everybody else around you. So be honest with yourself, be honest with the people around you and be transparent because there's plenty of other people. I guarantee you, no matter what your reason is, there are people out there with the same reason and you can kind of click up with those people. Network yeah. with them. Mm. Right. And, you know, so, I mean, there's, there's some DJs out there that just want women and drugs. Right. <laughs> Trust me, they're out there. <laughs> you know, there's others that, you know, truly love, you know, just the music and the act of mixing or the art of mixing. So, yeah, you know, you can go that route, too. And there, there are those people that are just driven to be the next dead mouse or the next marshmallow or the next whatever. And, you yeah. know. And if, you, if you're in that position and then you just lie to yourself and say that, you know, I'm really into this because I'm passionate about mixing music or something. And then in five or 10 years, you don't blow up and become an international superstar. You kind of have nothing left. Right, right. After that. So you kind of wasted all that time. Right. Absolutely. So um, another thing to remember as a new DJ philosophically is that, and this is, this is one of the hardest ones, right, is... Not every gig is a good gig. Mm. Like we've talked about this before and it's not just, yeah. it's not just the house DJ playing at a hip hop club. Right, right. Right. Like not just not all gigs are created equal. And, and that was a, another lesson that I learned the hard way as a young, uh, as a younger DJ. I feel like I'm still learning that lesson. Like I, I've always had trouble saying no to people. Sure. Um, I don't as much anymore because my time is extremely limited, right? So like if I don't, <laughs> that helps. right. So like if it, you know, the, the less t free time that I have, then the more precious it is to me. So like, if this looks like it's even remotely shady, nah, I'm good. <laughs> but, um, uh, it, it is, it's hard to spot bad gigs, especially early on. Like new DJs just have to kind of go through, a, a couple of years of really trying to figure out what, what the good gig is versus the bad gig and, you know, who good promoters are versus bad promoters and stuff like that. But, um, really just 
knowing, know that you're going to have to learn that. And then once you do learn it, stick to what you have learned because it's, it is, it's super easy to just, you know, somebody says, Hey, I'm doing this thing and you would be great. And you know, we'll put you on, you know, and the next thing you know, you're on every weekly for (laughs) within a 50 mile radius for like six weeks and not getting paid for any of them, you know? And, and, and and so like that kind of thing, it, it, and that drains on you. It costs money for you and all of that. And what what are 10 gigs with nobody there? Right. What? Or even just minimal people, you know, yeah. especially through the week, you know, like, um, and, and especially if you live in a smaller area like <clears throat> we do, you know. Right. Um, you know, and, and there are people who will argue that, you know, the exposure aspect, you know, even if nobody shows up to whatever, your name is still on a flyer. So it's that 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 exposure that people keep seeing your name and sure there's there's some there's some merit to that argument but at the end of the day i just for me i would prefer quality over quantity and i hope that new most that that new djs coming in will learn that because it really does help you in the end like i i, I think i mentioned before I love playing three-dimensional gigs because when Tony and Billy ask me to play, I usually get that bump from playing a high-quality event, and then usually mm. I'll get you know anywhere between you know three, four, five, six offers to play other things, and of those half a dozen things, I can look at them and say no, 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 yeah, and uh, and yes to the other two, yeah. and I've been selective on it, and I like what I, and I'm, and I'm happier with my choices and how I'm going to spend my time. Now I will say just as maybe a slight counterpoint to Mm -hmm. that, sure. just because we're talking about, you know, in the case of like brand new DJs, Mm -hmm. I think there, there is some merit to just going and playing a lot of shows, just getting used to doing the stage time, getting the stage time, setting stuff up, tearing it down, learning how to deal with, even if it's just the promoter or the club owner or whatever that you're dealing with, getting used to interfacing with those people and, and doing that. But there's a, there's a point where you're going to get diminishing returns. Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And that, that's why uh, I, I did say like, it, it, it is, it's growing pains. It's, it's, it's paying your dues and it's all that. And it's, and I, I feel like most DJs have, have, have gotten to that point within a year or two. Like, right. you know, I mean, cause after a year, if you've been out at, you know, most of the events in your area and you've been networking and you've been doing all of that, then, you know, you're learning, you have, you have learned the majority of who your major players are, you know, who the good promoters are, who the bad ones are and all of and, and all of that type of stuff. And after a year, if you've played a bunch of free gigs, like, you know, you, you've, you've traveled around a little bit, you've, you've, you've paid some dues, you've, you've figured out most of that stuff. You know, depending on your area, it might take you a couple of years, you know, just yeah. if there's not that many in your area. So that, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I totally concede that, you know, it, it's one of those points that like, nobody's going to be able to hit this entire list out of the gate. Right. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's, there's definitely some things that you just have to go through. <laughs> um, that being said, you don't know everything. Nobody knows everything, right? Like, so, um, learn from your elders. Like, mm. and I'm not saying that as an old dude. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> well, who are you saying it as, Trip? Well, I'm I'm saying it as Trip Turlington. I don't think you get to make that decision. <laughs> right. I am forever 29. So <laughs> no. Um, so we you don't know everything, especially when you're just coming in. So the best thing to do is to take an attitude of I'm going to learn from everybody that I can learn something from, mm, right? Absolutely. So you know you're going to have your veteran DJs that are going to be all like ah you whippersnappers and your fancy controllers and sync buttons, and then you know you're going to have all of these you know newer younger generation that's coming in and saying screw you old man like you know i've got everything that i need i can push a couple of buttons and blah 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 blah. and trap is awesome you know and whatever you know whatever the hot thing is and it's important to weigh that balance like you as a as an incoming new dj be able to take those lessons that all of us old guys have learned and are trying to communicate to the younger generation but then still look at your peers around you or or if you are a younger person you know look at the younger generation and be able to catch on to those trends you know i was going to say uh learn from your elders doesn't mean emulate them right or learn from anyone doesn't mean copy them directly it means learn from them right observe and then decide how to observe and absorb yeah absolutely because like one of the biggest things that we bitched about after the rave act completely decimated the rave uh, the the rave scene here in the midwest of the united states one of the biggest things that we bitched about was you know the the scene is decimated nobody's coming to anything anymore blah 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 and then all of a sudden these new kids came in with dubstep but nobody was teaching them anything like Mm -hmm. nobody was teaching them about what raving was about and all of these kids were like, we don't really give a shit. <laughs> you know, like raving was something that you guys did. We're coming to a show or, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, it was a whole group of people that didn't understand each other. Right. Absolutely. At that point. Yeah. And, and I feel like those wedges, you know, even today are still currently driving are being driven between these groups of people because you hear it still all the time, especially between DJs. So, you know, be a little bit more pragmatic, be a little bit more open and, 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 and listen to, you know, everybody who has something of value to offer and learn from it. I like it. Well, I just keep it real. (laughs) Keep it 100. Honey, keep it 100 emoji. (laughs) Speaking of 100, uh, no, I mean, that's the next point. Keep it real, right? Um, Keep realistic expectations Mm. because 99.999999999999999% of DJs never make it. And by make it, I mean the big time. We're talking right. your Dead Mouse, your Steve Aoki, your uh, you know, your Marshmallow, your all of those like big names that are the big thing on all of these huge stages. That is such a small percentage of our community that the odds are you're not going to make it. Right. And I hate being that negative Nancy, right? But like that doesn't mean that you can't be successful. And that doesn't mean that you can't find success and be fulfilled as a DJ and do 
something meaningful and still move crowds and 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 still get paid from it and all of that so just be realistic because going back to the know your why you know there are there's a lot of people that come into this with those stars in their eyes and they want to be that next multi-millionaire dj and they're not and they will phase out fairly quickly because there's only so much room at the top right you know and just because we have access to everything that they have access to doesn't mean that it's going to happen for us even if we're twice as talented as the person that's on the top absolutely it just that is not guaranteed right and yeah I'm, I'm with you i mean i i i hate making this point but i do it anyway yeah because i think it's important because mm-hmm. you're you're setting yourself up for failure from the beginning if that's all you care about right um you know, I, I think in, in the show notes, I said something about, like, don't throw away your education, your career, mm. or your marriage away. <laughs> like, you know, because, uh, you know, you, we hear of that kind of thing happening. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, whether it's somebody in a midlife crisis or whether it's some kid that, like, you know, really wants that and only that and has no other like has no other vision for their future and and really the 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 reality is on the clear other side of the spectrum so you know don't don't throw away your future don't throw away your present you know try to find a way to fit djing in and and to have a balance you know try to find that balance and as you make these incremental um as you as you achieve these incremental successes in DJing, if at some point that the scale tips and it makes sense, hey, I can quit my job and play records for a living. Great, go for it. You've got Absolutely. my, you've got all the support in the world, and if if it makes sense, then go for it. And I'm jealous. <laughs> and I, right, <laughs> me too, because <laughs> I used to be able to do that. That was a long time ago, but um. You know, but nowadays, like it, it really is because it's it's so easy to just throw away everything, and then when when that doesn't work out, then you're back at square one. Right, and even though there's not a lot of room at the at the top, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to fit DJing into our lives now. Right, which wasn't always the case. It, you know, there was very limited equipment, and it was expensive. And, you know, there was it was before the Internet and all this has made all these things possible and access to information and, you know, being able to reach out to people for free instead of have to have a budget for advertising and, you know, (laughs) all this kind of stuff. So there's there's so many, let alone taking in bedroom DJs and live streaming and all these other options that people have. So there are so many ways to fit this in as part of your life, you know, work it into your lifestyle that it's it's not. You know, it's not worth it to throw it all away just because you're not a superstar. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Unless absolutely. you're just not into it. Right. You know. Yeah, because there are some people that if, hey, if I can't be the superstar, then it's not worth doing. Yeah. You know, they'll go find the next thing that they can be the superstar and, and make that work. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, so to wrap up the philosophical points, know your why. Not every gig is a good gig. Learn from your elders and keep it real. Now to just kind of bring everything under one umbrella never stop learning you're here 
whether it's technical, technical, social, or philosophical, no matter what the area is, we all have things that we can learn to be better DJs. Uh, never stop honing your craft and keep your skills sharp because you never want to shy away from learning or being exposed to something new because that's how we get better. That's how we stay passionate. That's how this thing keeps going. That's how we respect and preserve the craft. Beautifully said, man. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Well, that, and don't forget, we're moving away from SoundCloud. Yes, if you only follow us on SoundCloud, thank you for bringing that up. If you only (laughs) follow us on SoundCloud, uh, please follow us on your favorite podcast app or on iTunes or some other way. You can follow us on Stitcher or any of those kind of places. Um, SoundCloud uh, used to be our podcast host and is no longer our podcast host. So we are not going to be posting all episodes there forever. So if SoundCloud is how you consume this podcast, please follow us elsewhere. And uh, this has been the Fashionate DJ Podcast. Thank you very much. Ciao. Easy tip. not a staunch contract DJ. So like, I don't, I I don't use one all the time. I've got one that I kind of, you know, print out and, or, you know, send off if I have to have it, but you roll the dice if you know the person pretty well. Right. Right. What are we talking about again? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) That's dirty. Uh, <laughs> many a bad decision made that way. <laughs> um, oh, whew.